0: To the Bubble Lounge, this is Martha Jackson. And I'm Nellie Shudo. Nellie, I have become so addicted to the Real Housewives of Dallas. Because, it is addicted. Because it's right here in our backyard and it's so fun to see where they're going and the places and the things that they're doing and I just felt obligated to watch it since it's right here in our own town
1: as you know I've been on the show a few times I saw you a few times and DeAndre Simmons is a friend of mine and it was actually a really fun romp like it's been it's been so much fun I feel like I kind of grew up in a cocktail party so I feel like I'm I'm always at a cocktail party when I'm at one of her events etc <laughs> different interesting people to talk to and I have a really big surprise for you
0: tell me tell me
1: tell me DeAndre's going to be our guest on the show today no
0: way oh my gosh I love her I think she's so fun on the show and she seems so down to
1: earth and approachable and I've got so many things I want to ask her No, we will and by the way Deandra is a really impressive woman outside of the show and she is also an all around badass so stay tuned for our interview with Deandra Simmons if you're a fan of the bubble lounge then we have a very special offer for you Send us a text message to 313131 with the word bubble and join our exclusive community of Park City's moms. Every week we send you a link to the latest episode of the show, but that's not all. If you send a text right now, we will also send you a link to our private online membership website. Our membership site contains tons of helpful recommendations for women in the Park Cities. So whether you want to find something interesting for the kids, get recommendations for the best services, or just hang out online with other moms like you, our membership site is the perfect place. And best of all, it is free to join. So take out your phone and send a text to 313131 with the keyword bubble, that's B-U-B-B-L-E, and join us and your neighbors in the Bubble Lounge.
0: Welcome back from the break. We're sitting here with the lovely DeAndra Simmons. DeAndra, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome.
2: Thank you, Martha. I'm so glad to be here with you ladies today. Well, DeAndra, you know, we all know
1: you're a national celebrity, TV celebrity now. I don't
2: know if I'd say that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Nellie. national treasure. Can I take that clip and just replay it all over the place?
1: (laughs) Obviously, in your own right, you were already working as an actress. I mean, you, you were doing all kinds of things before The Housewives. Mm-hmm. But the question, I guess, is how has being on The Housewives really impacted your life?
2: I think what the difference is between somebody that's a reality star and somebody that's an actress, straight actress like you are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like just scripted roles is that people feel the right to invade into your life and ask very personal questions and approach you at any time, which you have to get used to. At first, I kind of was, you know, it, I had to get used to the idea of having fans. Mm-hmm. And I had to get used to the idea of having fans that think they know you like you're their best friend mm-hmm. and think mm-hmm. they know so much about your life because of what they see on TV. Yes. So okay. when they come up to you in the conversations – and They don't understand. I don't – you don't want to say it either because any show is going to be edited Mm -hmm. to a certain degree, you know, to tell different people's stories, okay, or the story if it's in a scripted version. I've noticed the difference in being an actress and being on stage or – being a host is the questions are very invasive. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They will tell you what they think. Mm -hmm. They say whether they like you or not. I mean, most people don't say, I don't like you on the show. And even if the people that are on social media and are very liberal with their opinions about your life would still come up and ask you for a photo, of course. Even if they say they hate you on social media. (laughs) They still still have
0: to prove that that they had an encounter with you. Right. It's
2: just, (laughs) I think, the level of intimacy is different with a reality star versus a scripted person. I don't think anybody's going to go up to Angelina Jolie and ask her the kind of questions or <laughs> invade her at her dinner table. Yeah, you know, I could see what you're saying. It's a little saying. bit different situation. Or even a regular a person on TV. I just don't think that people feel comfortable doing that. Whereas yes. with me, I'm more approachable because I am on a reality TV show and on social media mm-hmm. answering them. So right.
1: they feel that it's okay. And it, it is something that is unique to reality TV. Sure. Right, because you are yourself. Right. So you're right. They feel like they know you intimately because they're in your house. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> right. And, right, And Now I've you're been... in their house. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've been at events with you and on the show a few times, and, and I can see... You are so good at it though because people really do come up to you and they want to take a picture and you're always open to it. You always have a smile on your face. You're very good about that because not everybody is and I agree with you. It is sort of part of the the fandom Mm -hmm. that you have. you don't have these people,
2: mm -hmm. you don't have that show. It's much different than, like I said, a scripted role. Plus, Mm -hmm. it's... People live on every single thing you do every day on social media. Mm-hmm. If I yeah, go sure. a day without posting, which is happens in my life, I mean, I'm not in my 20s or 30s. So mm-hmm. posting every day it's hard for me to put that into my routine. It's a yeah. full time job. But they they is a expect job. it, it. it really is. But And when you're not on there, where are you? Why aren't you on? <laughs> oh. Then all, there's all kinds of you know rumors flying around about why well, you haven't been active on social <laughs> Do media. So. Do you understand? Do you understand? I know I went on vacation, I'm like, everybody thinks I'm dead now. <laughs> so I think there's that element to it, and you get used to it. And I will tell you, though, I mean, absolutely, I love the fans. Yes. I think it's really important to be gracious because you never know. My dad always said something in business and in life. You climb up the ladder, be nice to the people you're climbing up with because, you you know, you may be climbing down or vice versa. And you Mm -hmm. never know who's going to be in that situation. So I always try to be gracious and kind even if I don't feel good or if I don't have my makeup on. I'm wearing a baseball cap and take the photo because – I'm not going to see that person again, probably. And for them, that's really important to them. And they're my fans. And to keep them my fans, I have to be gracious and kind and yeah. humble. Mm-hmm. And every day I think, God, I'm so lucky because I wanted so for so long I was acting like Nellie, but not to the level of what you were. But I wanted that career and I wanted kind of what has come to me. I didn't think it was going to come to be through reality TV, but, <laughs> right. but it has. and now it has. Mm-hmm. And it just it's something I've for 50 years wanted to, I mean, I was acting when I was four. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have to be grateful for these opportunities and these fans. And even though, like I said, the invasiveness right. into my life, it's, Wonderful, having that feeling and knowing that people are watching the show and that they like what you're doing and that they like your mom and your husband. And And that they love you. Well,
0: I actually saw you at the State Fair with your husband, but I didn't want to bother you, so I didn't say hi. Oh,
2: you should have, because I went to the bathroom and all these ladies were hanging (laughs) around. Are you Deandra Simmons' husband? (laughs) Yeah, she's in the bathroom. She'll be back in a minute. (laughs) Yeah, you had had to keep an eye on him. I heard
0: that the ladies say quite the things about him being so hot, as you always call him. He's the hot hot husband. it was
2: funny because Jeremy was always that way. He always was one of those guys that... He's so approachable, as you know, mm-hmm. and he's got such a great personality, mm-hmm. and women have always been around him, right. and I mean, whether it was on Facebook or wherever, and I never have had a worry in my entire life about that, because he always shows it to me. He's like, look at this person, wrote." you know, I, mean, <laughs> I would never go on his social media, because I just, I don't have any right. insecurities about our relationship. We have a great marriage, as you know, so no, it's just, No, you I really mean,
1: do, and I have to say, he's so supportive of you, and I like that he actually, he, he in his own right, is a serious photojournalist, mm-hmm. who's won awards, I mean, he was famous. Okay, yeah. Martha,
2: he was famous. Mm-hmm. I was nobody. I was nobody. And then he was famous when we met. And he was famous to the level of he had, like, a cult following. And that included men, women, photojournalists, people that were celebrities that loved his photography. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a seven-time military photographer of the year. So in the military world, he's an icon and a legend. Yes, so that is really important too. So he was, when I married him, I married the guy. You know, everybody <laughs> wanted to marry this guy. Yes. And I, I, somehow I nabbed him. <laughs> I
1: don't know. Well, <laughs> it was so much fun when he and my brother and all of us got together mm-hmm. at Trulux. Yes. Where your uncle was, mm-hmm. the head man. Yes. Uh, James. Just be, yes, James. Because my brother and her husband really hit it off. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Because okay. they were both embedded in, in the war. They both have been embedded in, with troops and special right. forces, him taking pictures of my brother uh, reporting. Um, and but, I also
2: think it's really important. I'm glad you mentioned that because I want yeah. to interject, interject something. My husband has a really, and I think we talked about this the other day, an opinion about photojournalists and journalists. You're there to re- report the story, not really give an opinion. And he's gotten into a lot of these little fights, skirmishes, you know, on social media lately about journalists saying, well, this person had this smug face or this person had this attitude. Well, you don't know. You're just supposed to report the the fight or the drama or the explosion or whatever it is without a bias. Yes. And I think the reason reason Jim and my husband and Jeremy get along so well is because they understand that as journalists Mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what political side you're on you're a journalist and that's it yeah and that's why they get along so well
0: well and I heard you say in an interview that he does such a wonderful job of telling the story through his pictures like he really can convey the emotions and Mm. and without words that he can tell the story really well
2: Well, he does. I'm glad you asked that, Martha, because I think the most important thing I learned from Jeremy, and he does this all over, he talked to the Canadian military and uh, NATO about this, the power of an image, which I knew a lot about being, being an actress and having been in the entertainment industry, but when you really see it from his point of view about the one image that will circulate around the world and maybe change an opinion or show people a different POV that they didn't even think about or what's happening in a foreign country we don't even know about until you see that image. Yes, And how it can even change an entire government, an entire mindset, Mm -hmm. an entire people, a political situation. It's just the most powerful thing is one image, one click Mm -hmm. that can change the world. And that's what he taught me.
1: Well, very powerful thing to say, and it's true. And I just want to ask you a quick question about The Housewives, and then we'll move on to all the other things that you do. I'm off the clock on The Housewives right now. We're on hiatus. (laughs) (laughs) What was the most surprising, in a good way, thing that's happened to you since The Housewives started, since you've been on it?
2: The most surprising thing is I really wanted to stay true to who I was in my brand. And believe it or not, even though this last year was horrible for me, absolutely Mm -hmm. horrible with regards to the story, I still – people say, you know, that is D'Andra. She's very straightforward. Whether you like it or not, I'm very straightforward. Mm -hmm. And that has benefited me with regards to my press, which is, I think, different from a regular housewife on my show's press because – I worked in politics and government, I was in the business field, and now I'm able to go on to Fox, and I know we'll talk about that. Uh, Fox Business is a commentator because of the fact that I have a business, I've been in business my whole, you know, last 20-something years when I wasn't trying to do, I, of course I tried the acting thing, but then I had to eat at <laughs> the same <Yeah>. time, so <laughs> I was a stockbroker yeah. and I was working in the in, uh, fashion industry and mm-hmm. then with my mom in the business and hosting and different things. So. It's given me the opportunity to rise to a different, I think, echelon than you look at people that go into the housewives, and you really need to know why you're doing it. Yes. You have to have a plan. Actually, one, two, three, five years, how many years you're going to stay on, you don't know. So, if I only stay on one year, what am I going to accomplish and what am I going to achieve? What's your goal What's exactly? Your goal? You set the goal.
1: Mine was branding. So, well, speaking of the Fox Network job mm-hmm. that you have, your, your Fox Network. Fox News correspondent. Fox Business, yeah. You're a Fox Business correspondent. So you do that out of Dallas and New York and what kind of things do you cover? You can do it out of Dallas or New York. I, pr- I prefer to go to New York and
2: because I like to do one-on-ones, even radio shows as much as I can I like to be in front of the person mm-hmm. because there's a different dynamic of talking to someone and having the chemistry in the air and kind of the rapport back and forth, mm-hmm. especially when you're commentating and you're in a news desk yes. because it's the Fox studio here in Dallas. It's a little bit difficult to maneuver if you're not a real professional and you know where that camera actually is yes and I also like to see the temperature of you know Ash if he's on or uh, Stuart Varney or Liz and who I'm talking to, kind of what they're also reviewing at the same time they're talking to me because I don't know if breaking news is happening. I mean, what breaking news is coming up next, and if I should redirect my commentary based on the breaking news that's going to happen.
1: What kind of topics do you cover? Give me an example of your last report. So my
2: last report was based on the beauty industry being, I believe it's fifty billion dollars. I can't remember the exact figures I had them when I was there, but how it's grown and how influencers and in social media such as Kylie Jenner mm-hmm. started one company in a billion dollars you know in a year that she did with amazing. those lipstick products and the the lip products and the the beauty products and how social media and the influencers you have today on A lot of it's Instagram. Twitter's kind of not as Mm -hmm. much anymore. Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, of course. Right, yes. Which I'm not that great at, unfortunately. It's (laughs) a new new thing I have to figure out. But how these social media influencers are changing the beauty industry. So you have a legacy beauty company like a L'Oreal or a Revlon or something. They have all these plans that they've made for years in advance. Planograms. We all have planograms for their stores. We have plans and projections. Well, a little beauty company can come along, hire an influencer, and skyrocket and their sales have, you know, they're outselling these legacy brands, and these legacy yeah. brands are trying to scuffle around trying to figure out what to do, because they are used to having traditional advertising methods in place. So this social media upheaval has really done something in the beauty industry, because you've got people doing makeup tutorials, you've got people trying products, you've got people that millions of viewers on YouTube that, you know, women just started using products, mm-hmm. and now they're a and huge some internet men sensation. Too. I'm sorry, and
0: some men too. Yeah, I've seen and men my, too. My, exactly. my kids
1: follow a couple of men that do the makeup. Well, and you just brought up a great topic, which is people don't love all the giant brands anymore. They really mm-hmm. like boutique, more boutique companies because it feels it feels sort of like elegant and trendy. Don't you agree? They like actually people now like brands that are attached to celebrities.
2: Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They like brands that can switch on a dime, meaning packaging, limited editions. Colors, different things like that that are not you're not able to do it. If you're making a product and you're Lancome and you're making a product for millions of people, you can't just switch up on a dime when you've planned all this out. Maybe you could, but it's a little bit more difficult. Right. When you're doing a small order as a smaller company, you can say, okay, I'm only going to order twenty five thousand or fifty thousand. I'm not going to order a million pieces or five hundred thousand pieces, and you can sell out of those and then move on to the next thing much quicker.
1: So yes. you're
0: able to turn on a dime since you are yeah. smaller in 30%. comparison.
1: To, yeah. Okay, for those of you. Who don't know Deandra's product line is Hard Night, Good Morning. Something that
2: we can do is just different holiday gift ideas. So we have a little Be Mine makeup case, and in it is two lip masks that are, we're doing limited editions. One's a red wine, one's a collagen lip mask, and then we also have a hydrating lip mask. Mm-hmm. And that's a special that we can do. And if it does well, we can always add it to the line later. But it's a way for us to test things out mm-hmm. as a smaller company. And whatever hits, then we can actually say, okay, let's really produce this in big volume. Versus having something we really planned a, a long time for, and then it to
1: just die. And when did you start that business?
2: We started. I started that business, God, is eleven years ago. My God, wow! Yeah. <laughs> wow. And my mother has been in business with Ultimate Living for twenty three years, which is now my company. I have yes. a hard time yes. saying that Con- Ultimate yes. Living is Congratulations. my company now. I
0: loved when she handed the key over to you. That was awesome. I, and I love too. your mom. I have to say, I love Mama Dee. She is adorable. I stalked so, her
1: all the time. So tell me, tell
0: me about the name Hard. Hard night, good day. I was recently on a girls' trip in Palm Springs, and we had some very late nights. And, of mm-hmm. course, we're in the desert as well, and our skin was very dry. Do you have anything that would have helped us for that?
2: Actually, okay, it's hard night, good morning, but that was close. <laughs> <laughs> that me. I was like, did I just say the right thing? But it was hard hard night, good Martha. It Martha, not me. <laughs> yeah, so dryness is a problem with regards to switching climates all the time. Sure. And even here, and I mean, in the winter time when you have too much heat in your home, you're going to mm-hmm. be drier. It just depends on different things, unless you have humidifiers. So, this time of the year, we just f- reformulated our nighttime uh, moisturizer, and okay. we launched it. You were there at the party. Yes, we launched it last year, and it's more hydrating. I put some more anti-aging ingredients like sincl, cynic in there. Everything I make is aloe vera based, so it's an aloe vera based product. Of course, it has hyaluronic acid. It has a new form of hyaluronic acid that penetrates the skin better. But that's a really great great. great product for dryness. Okay. And one thing I'll never change is my eye cream. It's got a cult following people love it. I need some of that. Right now we're doing amazing products. I'm in the middle of doing a new product that's a cream cleanser for nighttime. Because I had the oil cleanser and I decided to do away with that and make a new cream cleanser because I started trying out different versions that I liked better. And it's always it's easy for me now to make something new because once again I don't have large volume. So I can say, okay,
1: you know what, I'm either going to throw that away if I'm not going to sell it, or I can sell it and then make something new. Well, and I just have to say, guys, that um, Hard Night Good Morning is some of the the best creams I've ever used in my life, and I live on a plane and I'm in a different climate every week, and it really, really helps my skin. Thank you. We have so much more to talk to Deandra about, especially her charity work. She's worked for so many charities, especially her favorite Mercury One, so stay tuned. (laughs) Martha and I would like to personally thank all of the fans of the Bubble Lounge podcast.
0: We truly appreciate the feedback people like Sherry and Kathy and so many others have given
1: to us. Your support encourages us week after week to keep the Bubble Lounge podcast going. It is women like you that make our community special. And if you enjoy the show, please help us spread the word on social media.
0: Whether you use Facebook or Nextdoor or Instagram, please take a moment and share it with your friends. Your help means a lot to us. So many women in the neighborhood have told
1: us how much they have enjoyed this podcast, and with your help, we can share the show with many more.
0: We're here with Deandra Simmons, and we're going to talk about her charity, Mercury One, and I'm dying
2: to hear about what happened in Iraq. Well, Martha, I'm glad you asked because I have a real heart for Mercury One and for the work not only that they do, but the Nazarene Fund and Operation Underground Railroad, which is also under that umbrella. And I particularly work with Nazarene Fund. And my husband took me with Mercury One and Nazarene Fund last year – I'm getting chills right now as I talk about it Mm – to meet the people that they had rescued from ISIS captivity. So we met with women, children, families, met with families that had just been displaced because of ISIS taking over their their territory and their villages. But in particular, I met with a woman I'll call Case J. She she was a professor at the university. She had been captured in Mosul. She was teaching in the Mosul University – She ended up being sold into slavery about 18 times, bought and sold. Different ISIS fighters were buying her. She was a sex slave. She was raped so many times that when we actually did rescue her, she said to me first, I need to see a female doctor. And I said, yeah, I bet you do. And we had to immigrate her to Australia on a fast track because she had so many venereal diseases that she was going to die. She also tried to commit suicide by jumping off a three-story building. She broke her back, her arms, her legs, and her feet. They put her in casts, and she still cleaned and cooked for 25 ISIS fighters a day after that incident. She was tortured, battered, humiliated, starved, everything you can possibly imagine. I don't know how I would have survived or anyone. I mean, there's no way I would have survived. And you can't blame them for trying to commit suicide in a situation no, like that. I mean, right. I, I, who could all. survive the torture and the, the mental torture, the physical torture that is so horrible, the things that she saw. And when I went to her, the reason I went to her is because Mercury One takes me in as the first person that talks to these women because they don't want to talk to men, obviously, sure. when they're rescued. Yeah. And I share the fact that I was a survivor of domestic violence. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not anything near what they've been through. But the fact that I tell my story... And then they can come and say, you know, I know, I see in your eyes that you understand something of it. And then they share their stories. And the fact that they're sharing their stories allows us to tell people what's happening over there. Because unless you hear it and understand it, we didn't really – nobody's telling us what's happening. There was one book, I think, by the Yazidi girl. um, I can't think of it. I read it right when it came out. But that told a little bit of what happened in captivity. And most of these women are Yazidis, and the Yazidis – literally, I think there's still 4,000 still missing. And they are considered persona non grata by ISIS and a lot of people because their religion is not written down. It's an oral tradition. And so I actually met with the prince of the Yazidis. I met with the baba, which is their religious leader, talked to them because when they come back, if they do survive captivity, their homes and their families are not taking them back because it's a shame on the families. A lot of times, too, with, you know, I think Christians are also somewhat doing that and mm-hmm. a lot of families are doing that. But I tried to talk to them about they have to assimilate back in the community because if they don't, they are going to end up committing suicide or feeling so ostracized and right. where do you go from having been captured two, three years and been a slave.
1: And mm-hmm. shame is one of the, the worst things to feel. I, I mean, yeah. I really think when people go through any huge tragedy and then they're shamed on top of it,
2: mm-hmm. it's
1: really hard to get through. So it's great that you were there.
2: I like what Mercury One does is not only rescue people, but then they give them hope and encouragement of a new life. So they do follow through with immigration. And most of our people have gone to, they used to go to, I think, Slovakia, Slovenia, but now it's Australia and Canada. And the the, um, cases I work with, they're all in Australia, and they've learned English, they're assimilating, they, of course, go to churches that help us, you know, put them in different programs and monitor them so that they're assembling in their communities, because it's you 're in a new country with a new language I mean it's it's very scary yeah but there are some wonderful stories and I'm getting to go back to Australia or not direct to, to Australia to follow up with these stories and we're doing a documentary on that so oh, that's, that's exciting. exciting
1: yeah yeah and Glenn Beck is incredible I met him through mm-hmm. you obviously yeah. what a, what a passionate person he is too for this cause and Nellie
2: he was actually funding a lot of this by himself for many years and people in silence and people didn't know it and now they're raising money um, in the community and you've been to the organization to the, yes. the gay level that we had this year. And mm-hmm. thank you for coming.
1: Well, you do you do so much great work. I mean, first of all, you're so much fun to watch on <laughs> The Housewives. You. you do so much great work. And I have to just say, but you're also a lot of fun. Because I've known you for a few years. When I was thinking about <laughs> <I have. laughs> some of the stories about you, I just have to bring this up. What about those butt darts on the house? Okay, wire? so I, got, I caught so
2: much. Can you say H-E double hockey sticks for that? Yeah, I, mean, yeah. <laughs> I, just, I know, I I know you don't like to say bad words when your mom's listening, but hopefully she won't hear you. Go ahead. <laughs> say bad words. <laughs> I caught a lot of, uh, you know, kind of grief for that. And I just thought it was some fun little game. And the beauty pageant thing that Brandy came up with was hilarious. Yes, yes. I just thought <laughs> Leanna's a seasoned beauty pageant professional. But yes. she's got the wave down, the <laughs> mm-hmm. way you answer the questions, everything. It was kind of scary. Yes. So I was <laughs> just trying to kind of call it audible and get along to get along and get get out of this pageant situation. Because I think I did like two pageants and I hated it. Yes. So it was funny and fun, but it was she took it kind of seriously. And then when I did the butt darts and Cameron was so mortified. I thought, girl, you say you're so fun, but this is a big deal to you. And I went to a women's college, Sweet Briar, in Virginia. Is that where you learned this skill? <laughs> we had to entertain ourselves. From, I remember I put my roommates, entire, the girl next door to my dorm, I put all of her furniture out on the uh, roof one night. I mean, we just did goofy yeah. stuff. I took an entire sandbox. I made a whole like beach in somebody's room. You can imagine how that they were real happy with that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> After, I mean, we just did all kinds of pranks all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm used to doing pranks and silly games, because mm-hmm. we're bored. We're a women's college. We're an hour and a half away from a men's college, or an hour away. So yeah, you're going to entertain yourself if you know the boys aren't around, so mm-hmm. doing stupid things, especially well, when you're sure 18, 19. I'm sure the boys
1: would enjoy the butt darts. I'm <laughs> they sure they would, too, yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I have to tell you, I'm pretty immature, like Brandy, and it made me like you better, because my perception of you was, every time I opened a magazine, there you are at every single party in your beautiful ball gown, and I had a perception that maybe you weren't so fun, and then that made me like you more.
2: Well, no, thank you. <laughs> Not a stick in the mud. So oh, I mean, I actually yeah. enjoy having fun. And the president of the company that's called Sphincter Golf sent me my own set so I could have it after he saw the butt darts on TV for parties, like for yeah, party fun. The parties. <laughs> so is that going to be a new endorsement of yours? If they pay me enough money, I'm trying. I'm waiting for Keurig to come along, and I'm sure they're going to come along any minute. Deandra
1: butt darts. So Deandra, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Thank you You're really, you really thank are you. just awesome on the show. Awesome. Outside of that, you were already a celebrity and a very interesting woman in your own right. And I just have to say you're really a woman to watch. So Thank you. everybody out there, listen well, so to are that. You.
2: you both are. Thank, Thank you, Martha. You. Tell us how we can find you. Go to DeAndra Simmons.com and DeAndra Simmons on Twitter, DeAndra Simmons on Instagram, DeAndra Simmons on Facebook as well. Everywhere. You yes. can
0: find her anywhere. Yes. And we'll put a link on
1: our website. That's our show, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Nellie Shudo. And I'm Martha Jackson. And you've been listening to The Bubble Lounge.